And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, hello, and welcome to my home. This video is for you. Well, hello, welcome to my living room. Do you like this gown? Well, hello, I'd like you to meet my dog, Charles. Good morning. Meet my cat, Snow. I'm starving. I swept my hair over to the side. That was exhausting. As you can see from my closets, I'm very much into style and fashion. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. There was another day in May. <laughs> I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Mayo! 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 <laughs> and last but not least, over yonder, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Tass and our guy, Jerome, headed to Denver today to cover the NBA Finals. Tass will be there for games one and two. Then TK heads out. Down to Miami, pack your Speedos to games three <laughs> okay. and four. Honestly, great reminder. I will take my Speedo. Awesome. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Go get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. We got a new Miami Heat coffee mug up in the store. Again, nodunks.com. And because we're feeling frisky, we're taking 23% off of Breaking T's entire Miami basketball collection. All of their Miami Heat-inspired shirts and sweatshirts are 23% off. you got to use the promo code ND23. Did it for Denver. We've done it for Miami now. I think you're going to have about 24 hours to take advantage of that. So ND23 for 23% off the entire Miami basketball collection over at BreakingTea.com. All right, fun show here. A lot to talk about. We're going to get into the Celtics and their off-season questions. we got to talk a little bit about Bob Myers leaving the Warriors. You've got a very, very, very strange tweet of the night. As soon as I saw it last night, I'm like, yep, Trey's picking that one. So we'll get to that. But it took a little longer than anticipated, but after the Miami Heat had that commanding win in Game 7 versus the Celtics in the East Finals, we got the 2023 NBA Finals matchup. It's set. It's the Heat and the Denver Nuggets tipping off this Thursday night with the first two games at Ball Arena. So let's break it all down. few questions. We'll get into X factors. Obviously make our predictions. But my first question to you, TK, is just what's your favorite storyline <laughs> heading into this Miami Heat versus Denver Nuggets Finals? Well, I'm just hoping that the Nuggets are awake, man. They haven't played in forever. Like, is Nikola Jokic literally hibernating right now? They're like, hey, wake up, man. We got media day today. We actually have something we need to do. Right. It's been Rust a while. versus Rust. That's going to be a storyline. Oh, you're going to hear a lot about that one. But for me, my favorite storyline, no doubt, somebody's getting a big-time ring for their legacy in this uh, NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. The stars from both teams, no rings in Nikola Jokic and Jimmy Butler. Jokic is trying to cap off a monster three-year run. 
two-time MVP, followed by a one seed in the Western Conference, followed by a title. Who knows if he would win finals MVP, but there's a great likelihood if the Nuggets go on to win that it's going to be Jokic as the guy. That's basically the run that got Giannis into the top 75 players of all time on the NBA list. I mean, he had a Defensive Player of the Year award as well, but it was interesting when Jokic was left off that list as a two-time MVP. He could be getting a ring the season after. Looking like a worthy inclusion sure. when they get to NBA 100 yeah. <laughs> 24 years from now. Uh, on the flip side, I kind of think Jimmy Butler is going for a Hall of Fame ring. He has had a major image overhaul since leaving the Bulls. Left on poor terms there. Left on poor terms from the Timberwolves. Left on poor terms from the Sixers. And people are saying, is Jimmy Butler worth it? Jimmy Butler is completely worth it because he is heat culture embodied. Yep. People basically just realized... Jimmy was right about the other organizations and also right about the Heat. It's a perfect match, him and Miami. He's probably right now, like, on the borderline of being a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. Six-time All-Star. I think he's five-time All-NBA, five-time All-Defense. He's got a lot of regular season accomplishments. Obviously been to the finals one time, but a ring really, really puts him over the top especially considering they would be a play-in team who goes on to win the championship. When you talk about rings that matter the most... That's going to be pretty high up on the list. Like, it's going to be up there. I don't know if it's necessarily Dirk Nowitzki-esque, since he stayed so long with his team, had the eight versus one upset, and then came back and won the title a few seasons later. But it's at least up there with, like, the Golden State Warriors suddenly becoming the best team in the league and going to win the championship in 2015 with Steph Curry. So I think that would be a huge narrative ring for Butler. And it's either going to be Butler or Jokic getting a ring after this, and that's pretty special. That is pretty cool. And there is something extra special about that chase for that first championship totally. with these players uh, and then in Denver's case as a franchise trying to get their first one. So that is cool. I would add to that, selfishly, I can't lose in this NBA Finals. Either Jamal Murray, Kitchener's finest, good old Canadian boy, wins a ring, or Kyle Lowry, the groat, wins a second ring uh, with the Miami Heat, obviously winning one with the Raps in 2019. So I'm pumped by that. Just another weird, random, fun storyline. As a player, assistant coach, coach, an executive, Pat Riley, is in his 19th NBA Finals. 19 times in some aspect, either, either as a player, coach, or executive, That's a he's lot been of times. there. 19 out of how many? 76? Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible 76. percentage. That's that, a high percentage. He's I'm there like, every two and a Phil half years. Jackson, I guess, is probably in the teens, and then all the Celtics guys from the 1960s. That's got to be about it. Yeah, it's wild. And then my other favorite storyline, and you know you're going to be hearing this all week long, and you've already heard it. It's like some people going, ugh, ugh, what a gross finals. Miami (laughs) versus Denver, especially an eight seed. Oh, Denver Nuggets, no one watches them. You know, we're getting this blowback from people going, ugh, wish it was the Lakers Celtics for the 13th time in the (laughs) NBA Finals. Wish we could see the old black and white montages from ABC with those two dynasties going at it. The race for 18 (laughs) banners. Yeah, that would have been cool in the ratings and blah, blah, blah. Who gives a shit? You said it. It's either this Cinderella Heat as the eight seed pulling this off with Jimmy Butler leading the way, or it's Jokic doing the Giannis narrative where you win a bunch of MVPs. Everybody goes, yeah, well, okay, cool. Do it in the playoffs. Win a ring. And he could do that. So this is going to be awesome. Now, I think the concern is, is this going to be a blowout? Or is this going to be a competitive series? Because there's a lot of people out there leaning towards the Denver Nuggets in a potential sweep in maybe five games. You're seeing a lot of that. But can the Heat uh, obviously make this a competitive finals if not 
once again pull off the upset. They already did it against Milwaukee. They obviously did it against Boston in that last round. Can they do it for a third time? The Nuggets haven't lost a game since May 7th. Okay, yeah. That's They've a only long lost time, three games. Man. They're 12-3. <laughs> They've lost three times. Uh, one was a furious comeback. They were up 3-0. Furious comeback. I think they, like... They scored like the last 12 or 13 points or whatever against the Timberwolves in round one. Jokic went to the line, down one, two free throws, only made one. They could have easily swept that Mm -hmm. series. The two losses against the Suns were Devin Booker going to the next level and Kevin Durant showing up as well. They were both scoring like 80 points combined or something in both of those losses. Then obviously uh, they smoked the Lakers in a competitive uh, four-game sweep, which was nonetheless still a sweep. But that's the thing. It's like the Heat are only beating the best teams in the league right now. They haven't had. They've had one easy series against the Knicks. Basically, everybody else has been somebody you consider a, a championship contender coming into the season. I don't remember where we had the Heat on our preseason tiers list. Probably like Final Four hopefuls Maybe. would be my guess, yeah. since they did go to the conference finals last season. But that's what makes it so interesting. It's like, yeah, the Nuggets should probably roll in this series. They've been the best team in the playoffs. They've got the best player going, but we've seen the Heat go up against the best teams and just knock them off one right after another. Yeah. No, they want to be in this position. Yeah. If anything, the Miami Heat do with Spo and Jimmy and the whole Heat culture. It's like, yeah, we're the underdogs. Again, surprise, surprise. Okay, we'll shut you up again. We'll see if they can do it. All right, well, let's get to uh, one thing to watch for in this series. What do you got circled? Well, uh, we didn't get to touch on this on Storyline, but I would like to see Nikola Jokic and Nikola Jovic on the floor at the same point. Probably won't happen, though, because uh, Jokic tends to start games, and Jokic tends to finish blowouts, Yeah, right. you know what I'm saying. Right, right, right. But Very unlikely. Very unlikely, but I got a feeling they'll do it. You think Spo and, and Malone, yeah. just for the moment, at yeah, one point, yeah, will put will. them both out there? Yeah, just for fun. Uh, there'll be one game where it's not competitive, and it'll just overlap perfectly, so okay. I'd love to see that. Uh, one thing to watch for, though, definitely the heat zone. Nobody plays more zone. Nobody is better at playing the zone than Miami. But the Nuggets have Nikola Jokic. They've got some great shooters. And they've got great cutters. KCP is a great off-ball cutter. Aaron Gordon, one of the best. So I think Miami will probably still play zone occasionally because they have to. Like, they're going to want to get Duncan Robinson on the court, and that's a way to get Duncan Robinson on the court. They probably just won't be able to stick with it for long stretches like they did against the Celtics because eventually Denver will crack the case. You know, that's the thing. It's going to have to just be a monkey wrench, I do believe, for the Heat. If the Nuggets are rolling, throw it out for a couple of possessions. They got to stop and think at least a little. Maybe you get one stop out of three possessions, and that matters. But going for- further, it's how do the Heat guard Jokic? The Heat play one big guy. It, who's not even that big? Bam is six foot nine. I like, know. He's a, a speedy big more so yeah. uh, than a girthy big <laughs> uh, like Jokic is. So I wonder, like, is Kevin Love back in this series? Is he playing a little bit since it's a, a new one, at least early? Maybe. Cody Zeller maybe back? Omer Yurtsevin? Am I crazy for even saying that name during a previous skates? I thought it was interesting that he was always the first deep bench guy mm-hmm. playing for Miami. They're going to need some big guys to step up in this series outside of Bam. Bam cannot get in foul trouble. No. And I also wonder if we're going to see kind of like a modified little rover thing going on uh, with Miami, where Bam guards Jokic one-on-one, yep. takes the bumps, physical with him, and then Jimmy Butler maybe guards Aaron Gordon, and he's the rover trying to just make plays, maybe dig down deep and get a, a steal, protect the rim, something like that. Similar to what Anthony Davis did. Of course, Anthony Davis is a seven-footer who's a great <laughs> rim protector. Jimmy's yeah. a different player, but it's going to be interesting to see what the Heat do with Jokic because they're not going to stop him. 
But Spolster is going to have some ideas to at least make him have to think about what's going on. Well, then the the, the counter to that is, yeah, you're not going to stop him. So do you even allow him to try and shoot and score more? In the games they lost in these playoffs, those were the monster Jokic games. Those were the huge numbers. And we've always said it. It's like, are you better off just letting Jokic shoot a lot, score a ton, and try and take away everything else? And that's why Jamal but excuse me, Jamal Murray, Jamal Butler, jamming the two together. <laughs> Jimmy Butler and Jamal Murray, what a player. Uh, Jamal Murray is important here because, like, if that's the game plan, and I don't think it's crazy. I really don't. Um, because, again, we've seen some success. Jokic doesn't want to play that way. He'd rather, he just it's just in him to be a playmaker like that. But... Maybe it's just like, okay, man, you operate. You're, we're gonna we're gonna maybe do some zone defense. You're gonna be in the middle. You want to pick it apart, but we want you to shoot those floaters, those little free throw line jumpers, whatever. Go inside on Bam. Jamal Murray is important to the Heat's success to winning this. They have to shut him down because it can't be both. To oh, me, yeah. Oh, yeah. if Jokic is going for 45s and whatever, and you're trying to take away everybody else, then Murray can't be averaging 28 points per game or even more like he did in the Western Conference Finals. He's cruising right now. I mean, he's averaging. Like I said, 28 points per game in the postseason, 48, 40, and 92 shooting splits. He was even better in the West Finals. He was a problem with a capital P for the Lakers. And if the Heat cannot prevent him from sort of getting unlocked, unleashed, then they're in a lot of trouble here, I think. But can Jimmy, can the team defense slow Murray? That I, I think that is the, the real key for them, Miami Heat pulling off an upset. Take Murray down a notch or two. Let Jokic get his. He's going to get his anyway. <laughs> yeah. And try and just contain him. And it's easier said than done. Move. Yeah. Um, you can't take away everything, but you you got to pick. You got to pick what you're going to give up. And maybe giving up twos to Jokic is the move there. And then you try and bomb away from three, kind of like how the Heat beat the Celtics. You know, they held the Celtics to 20% shooting in games six and seven from the three point line. So we know. They can take away uh, the perimeter game yeah. uh, from some teams. Uh, that being said, Denver is much better at moving the ball to get good shots yeah. rather than taking the first three that's available. But I think it would be smart uh, for Miami to make Jokic into a scorer just because then they can maybe flip the math. The Heat have been shooting so well in the playoffs. That's like, it probably is going to continue. They will have some <laughs> poor shooting games. But at this point, I'm betting on them continuing to shoot. It's only another seven games. They got to do it. So uh, flipping the math could be smart. Schumann with the, uh, the the stat breakdown for the Nuggets. The Nuggets have scored 119.7 points per 100 possessions over their last 15 playoff games. That's the most efficient offense a team has had through three rounds of the playoffs in the last six years. you got to go back to LeBron's Cavaliers, who went nuts through the first three rounds in 2017, losing just one game, those LeBron Cavs, to the Pacers, Raptors, and Celtics. So that's the... That's the level this this Nuggets offense is clicking at here. W- led by Jokic, obviously Jamal in the secondary role, and then all these shooters. They are a Warriors-esque offense, they to are. me, honestly, the way they play. it's uh, I guess I would say the Warriors of Curry, Thompson, and Draymond. Not necessarily with the Kevin Durant thrown in. That sure. is a, another level, but it's honestly another level for Denver as well because it's like, what if... You took Draymond Green, who is a great decision maker, great playmaker, and he's also a 65% shooter uh, from anywhere on the court. That's what the basically the Nuggets have when they're running their almost three-man game when Jokic gets the ball at the mid-post. Michael Porter Jr.'s flying one way. Jamal Murray's flying the other way. That's like three 40% three-point shooters. Yeah. Who are you guarding there? Uh, that's why Denver is impossible to stop. All right, Miami Heat X-Factor. Is there uh, a player or two... <laughs> 
that you're everybody on the heat is an x factor so Gabe, Caleb, right? like, Duncan, those guys got to continue yeah. to. Gabe Vincent away. has won a game in the playoffs. Duncan Robinson has basically won a game in the playoffs. Yeah. Caleb Martin almost <laughs> won a series in the playoffs. Nobody would pick those as anything else than X factors. But going forward, you kind of gotta lock them in as role players you're counting on. And I assume all of the Heat role guys will show up at some point in this series. Likely when they get back home, Game One is gonna be tough for Miami. Coming off a seven-game series, I think Game One in Denver is basically impossible to win in the first place. We've seen, like, blowouts, I think, in every game one they've had so mm-hmm. far this season where they just, like, look too fast, too athletic. They're getting up threes. It's a completely different beast. So I think that one's going to be tough. But two bigger X factors to me, Tyler Hero <laughs> is an X factor from a does he play standpoint. Is it good if he plays? Is he good? He hasn't played in two months. Yeah, Like, it's been a while since yeah. Tyler Hero has been on the court. I still think he would rather have him. You probably don't start him right now, but... The Heat have such limited numbers in the first place that they're going to want another player who can put the ball on the floor and score, especially like we've seen how fragile this Heat rotation is right now where Gabe Vincent sprained his own ankle, had to come back after missing a game, and he was a huge addition to have. So more bodies would be great for Miami. I also think Bam Adebayo's offense is a huge Huge. X factor. He's going to compete defensively. We know Jokic is probably going to win that matchup. But we need some sort of production from Bam on the offensive end. He's got to push and transition. He's got to make Jokic chase him up and down the court every single time. One of the underrated things of Nikola Jokic, the guy never gets tired. He is in incredible shape right now, even though he looks like he's in the same shape right now. (laughs) But just keep running him. If Denver or if Bam can somehow get Jokic into a little bit of foul trouble, that's huge for Miami. So I think Bam has to be a factor on the offensive end. Even if that were to happen, Bam gets a, a couple quick fouls on Jokic. We've seen Jokic play with foul trouble, too, even oh, in this totally. postseason. He's so smart. His basketball IQ is off the chart. He'll decide, like, okay, I won't swipe at that one. I'll give up the two points because it's more important I play. But Bam is right. His best, his best like, uh, you know, defense in this, in this series is going to be his offense. Can he, like, just... Put some points up for, for for one thing. We talked about him missing bunnies in that Celtics series. He just had zero touch around the rim. When you look at the two regular season games against Denver, he missed a lot of shots, 16 to 28 shots, but he got to the free throw line a ton. 18 free throw attempts for Bam in the two regular season games against the, the Denver Nuggets. They're going to need that pressure and him tacking. Him obviously going to be given a little bit of that jumper around the free throw line too. Can he take it with some confidence, hit a couple, or back down, hit a little hook shot or two? Um, and, and use his speed. Like, Jokic, you're right, doesn't tire. Bam is a much more athletic player yep. in terms of going sort of lateral. Can he get around him and attack him? Uh, I don't know if I believe he will. I mean, we just saw Anthony Davis, who at times feels like a souped-up version of Bam. Yep. Not have He had some monster lines, but... His impact in those, in that sweep was like, I don't know, left uh, a little to be desired, it felt like, because he's going against a two-time MVP, a guy at the top <laughs> of his game right now in Jokic. So can Bam, at least in some of these games, not equalize Jokic's numbers, but put some points up on the board, get him in foul trouble, make him run, make him tired as the game goes on, and, and like we said, maybe allow Jokic to score <laughs> 55 <laughs> to 60 points as everybody can just stay home at. Yeah, don't wear yourself else. out, maybe. Maybe yeah, that's exactly. the key. Like, I, I think it's hard to guard Nikola Jokic. <laughs> yes. Both from a standpoint of he's going to score on you and he's going to just completely wear you out because he's huge. Yeah. The guy's 300 pounds and he's coming at you every play and he's posting up all the time. He's just a load to handle. So, yeah, that Bam's got to be 
18 to 20 points per game this series rather than 11 or 12 like he was at the end of and, the Boston And series. the size just doesn't stop in advantage for the Nuggets with Jokic, right? It's yeah. like Porter's Porter's huge. Gordon, in comparison to a lot of the, the Heat wing players, huge. Like, yep. there's a lot of size there for Denver, and I think you're going to need, obviously, gang rebounding for Miami and trying to, like, shore up that and not giving up offensive rebounds, which they did at times to uh, the Celtics, especially when Time Lord was in there and stuff like that. Long rebounds, too. They were always capitalizing on those. All right, Denver Nuggets. Who's an X-Factor? We know it's not Jokic. We know it's not Jamal Murray. Who else is it? I think Denver is easier to figure out X-Factors because you're like, here's the players who are going to be good. They've got pretty clearly defined roles, yeah. whereas with the Heat, you're like, we got Jimmy and then we got whoever's going to show up. Sure. Somebody is going to be. But I think uh, Aaron Gordon is the X-Factor for the Nuggets to me. He's going to be key on both sides of the ball. I think he gets a huge chunk of the Jimmy Butler assignment mm-hmm. uh, defensively. He's got the strength uh, to take Jimmy's bumps. He's got the footwork to stick with him. Hopefully he was just watching the Celtics series. Don't go up on pump fakes. Seems to be a pretty good key, so I imagine that will be a coaching point uh, from Michael Malone. And I also think on the offensive end, Gordon is such a good cutter and that he's going to be instrumental in breaking the zone. We'll definitely see some alley-oops from Jokic to Aaron Gordon over the top from the free throw line uh, right to the rim or just simple backdoor cuts. But there are also going to be times, I think, when Aaron Gordon is going to be left wide open, just like he was in the Lakers series. Sometimes he shot him with confidence, knocked him down. Sometimes it was hesitation mode, and it didn't look quite as smoothly. He unlocks their bench as their small ball five. That's a fun lineup to watch when they bring in the compost crew and they're just flying up and down. So I think he's a big-time player for Denver. I would also just go with, because when you do the Denver Nuggets, like you said, you go through the roster, it's like they only play like seven guys, eight guys. I guess we count Jeff Green. He'll get some spot minutes. Um, It's like, who? Who are you picking? You went through, obviously, Aaron Gordon, I guess. Michael Porter Jr., we have said since the start of the playoffs – he is the ultimate X factor when it comes to winning a championship. This guy plays well. They could win this whole thing, and he's been great for a majority of this postseason. Has held up defensively, as you've talked about a ton. Uh, really impressive there. So I guess I'll go Bruce Brown. Can he continue to be like sort of the Nuggets version of Caleb Martin yeah, in a yeah, weird yeah. way? Like this, like we knew he was good. We loved the signing, but then he's had these moments in in postseason games in this run where he like takes over. For, for half a quarter and, you know, extends a lead or something like that. Obviously puts pressure on the rim. Awesome in transition. So can he continue? The compost crew, Brown, Brown, and Green, uh, continue to bring it. I think we'll see uh, Christian Brown actually a little bit more. as Because like, sure, Malone yeah. went away from him in yep. that series against the Lakers. But um, I, I think because of his size and, 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 and sort of uh, – the, the small amount of bench that we've talked about with Denver, I think he'll get a chance here at least to start with. And I love these coaches. They're not afraid to be like, all right, here's the idea of our rotation. Oh, you don't got it. Or this doesn't work against this team. See you later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like you're saying, maybe it's like, oh my God, is there a yurt seven sighting? Like, is that happening? <laughs> could, it could. Uh, neither of these coaches, especially Spo coming into this, he knows he can try, like anything goes. Cause they're mad underdogs. They're totally, the damn eight yeah. seed. You're going against Jokic. This offensive, you know, just juggernaut, you know he's going to try everything. Yeah. He'll give it a go, which will make for a lot of fun. Uh, all right, prediction. Where does TK lean? Tass, by the way, before he took off to Denver, he went Nuggets in five. So he went with that pretty popular pick of Denver doing this in five games. What about you? Yeah, I think when we, you know, finally get the breakdowns of headshots of who everybody picked from the various outlets it's going to be mostly on the Nuggets. Sure. They have to be the huge favorite here. It's an eight versus a one, uh, of course, and the other two, the one has a two-time MVP. So I'm nearly like Tass. I think the Nuggets are going to win this series pretty handily. 
but I got a lot of faith in Jimmy Butler and a lot of faith in Eric Spolstra to steal a couple of games. So give me Nuggets in six. Mm, okay. In six. Game one is massive. Both of these teams, I believe they've both won game one in every single series. Uh, obviously Denver, and uh, I believe the Heat did that as well. So never really like trailing in a series because they go and get game one. So that's yep, big. Yep, yep. It's this whole, you know, rust versus rest thing you know yeah. is Denver going to blow them out of the water here on Thursday night because they're the, the Heat are coming off a seven game series and and they flew right there and they've played a lot more you know minutes and playoff games over at least the last couple weeks than Denver has or is it is it in their favor because Denver hasn't played and it's tough to keep like that finals playoff sort of mentality going when you're not when you're just sitting around for yep. 10 days you're just taking care of your horses um just tending to the stables <laughs> you know that's calming <laughs> i would imagine uh so that's big that, that game one is is massive i think for how the rest of the series goes kevin pelton broke it down too. teams with both home court advantage and a rest edge of at least five days going into the finals are eight and one all time so again huge rest advantage with home court advantage eight and one the only series loss you'll like this tk coming by the 98 Utah Jazz against the Scotty Pippen Last Dance Bulls. There you go, Scotty. Throw you a bone. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this is in Denver's favor here. I mean, they took care of business. They, they took their foot off the gas at the end of the regular season. Luckily for them, the Celtics didn't go to the finals or they wouldn't have home court advantage, but they do. And all of these reasons is why I'm also going Nuggets in six. Excited about this first game. I almost... I don't care who wins as we've gone over. It's like Jokic or Jimmy getting a first ring. You know, cool. Denver yeah. gets their first. The Heat get another. I don't care. I almost want Miami to win game one. Because then it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> got, a little, got a little hair in your mouth. I got a little fuzz <laughs> on the top of my tooth here. <laughs> so, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> um, I want Miami to win game one just because then I think it's like, ooh, Makes it very it's spicy. a very oh, exciting yeah. series. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, okay, we're both going Nuggets in six. Like I said, Tass taking Nuggets in five. I do believe there's going to be a lot of people picking Denver in the 4, 5, 6 variety, but let us know in the stream team. Let us know in the comments. Tweet at us at no Dunks Inc. Do you still believe in the Miami Heat doing it once again? They beat the number one seeded Milwaukee Bucks. They beat the number two seeded Boston Celtics in the East, of course. And then can they beat the number one seeded Denver Nuggets in the West? And yeah, where does that put Jimmy in, in the list? Of, how, how many people does he just leapfrog in terms of all-time greats if he got that ring as the eighth seed and beating all those great teams many, he, he, many. he goes up a lot oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you know Jokic same thing as Trey started this whole thing off with uh finally getting one would be it'd be massive to his legacy and how many would it start for the Denver Nuggets was the other part I mean I don't want to get ahead of myself here question. but they're locked into a pretty damn good team they got Bruce Brown as, like, their biggest question mark. Yeah, I right. mean, he's a huge player for him, but uh, got to win the first one. All right, guys, let's hear predictions. Like I said in the comments, uh, Heat or Nuggets and how many games? You tell us. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Celtics offseason and Bob Myers leaving the Warriors. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, if you're joining us live on YouTube, thank you. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe and get your votes in. In the poll we have going right now, NBA Finals, what you got? You got four options. Is it Nuggets in four and five or Nuggets in six or seven? Or, of course, the opposite of that, Heat in 4 or 5, or Heat in 6 and 7. Early leader, no surprise, Nuggets in 4 or 5, 46% of the vote, 31%, 30% saying Nuggets in 6 or 7. I hope it's the latter. So, a basically 3 to 1 split uh, for people taking the Nuggets over the Heat, which I think will probably hold. Yeah, I think that's right. I uh, I am sort of cheering for someone like Half-Life Heroes, who put a little put a little dough on the Miami Heat at the start of the playoffs to win the chip. That's nice. At, I believe, plus 6,500. <laughs> Make okay. some money. Okay. <laughs> Make okay. some money if that comes true, if they can win four more games here against Denver. So we'll see. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about the Boston Celtics because we said we would save it. I got some questions for you here, TK, when it comes to their offseason. The first one, we start with Joe. Should Joe Missoula return as head coach for the Boston Celtics, or will he? What do you think? I'm conflicted. I'm glad you asked, will he? I think he will. I think the way that uh, the season ended, uh, the extra week of podcast content we got from the Boston (laughs) Celtics, thank you so much for playing three more games, giving something to talk about. And for that reason alone, I think Joe Mazzula should come back. But honestly, he got the team to play for him after going down 3-0. On the flip side, they went down 3-0. So I don't know. I don't know how the results factor in, but I think the comeback probably keeps Missoula around he was a rookie head coach he was thrust into this job basically right away he had a good first couple of months of the season then Mm -hmm. after that started getting a lot of criticism of course from me as well so I think the question will be did he learn from the playoffs because the Celtics need to be a defensive identity team and I think that's pretty obvious that's how they came back against Philadelphia that's how they came back against Miami Mm -hmm. in all of the post-game quotes from game six and seven against Philadelphia from the comeback against Miami, it's basically the team talking about, we came back to our defensive identity. We got back to the team we were. Everybody's saying, this is how we should play. Right. So I think that that's the key. I think if Joe Mazzula realizes, yeah, we got to use, uh, I mean, we'll see if Grant Williams sticks around, but Grant Williams, Robert Williams, we got to play the way we played when we went to the finals. I think that changes things because the team that the Celtics were was kind of odd. They're one of the most talented teams in the entire NBA, mm-hmm. two first-team All-NBAers. You got the reigning defensive player of the year. You got the sixth man of the year. But they played like a team that was at a talent deficit. They tried to shoot a ton of threes and flip the math on teams, trying to become a hot three-point shooting team. That means you can lose yeah. in a lot of these games when you shoot 20%. So I think that was a little bit of a misread. But if Brad Stevens, if the players, and if Missoula are all on the same page going forward— I think year two could be okay. I think they definitely need to add to that Celtics bench. If Missoula stays, they need to add some more experience in terms of an assistant coach. Probably a like so a veteran coach, right? Who's been through the grind of postseason play. And maybe, you know, a former player too that you throw on your bench. Like we see Karan Butler with the Heat. You see it across a lot of great teams that can show a little tough love uh, to this squad. I think that would be big. I think he will stay, Joe Missoula. But, 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 but. There is no doubt, you said it, the Celtics' defense regressed. 
he was a bit of a mess when it came to calling timeouts or not calling timeouts and all that. He was slow to adapt in some of these series. It maybe bit him in the ass against the Miami Heat. Uh, possibly they go on to win that if he's not so slow to change things. His rotations were a little weird. Now, some of that we start learning about Robert Williams in Game 7. You know, he was quite sick and all that. But KOC, Kevin O'Connor, this is what he said. I thought it was an interesting look at it. Quote, Missoula might have the potential to be a great head coach one day, but just as veteran teams can't wait for inexperienced players to figure it out, the Celtics shouldn't wait on an inexperienced head coach to do the same. End quote. Uh, KOC had a bit of a hit piece on the Celtics, you know, uh, saying, get out of here, Joe. Get out of here, Jalen. You know, it's uh, <laughs> KOC leaning into pushing the big red button like, to blow it all to up. Blow it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blow it up. But that is a fair point. Um, but I think helping Joe Missoula, like yes. we said, yes, adding yes, to that yes. bench and, and, um, and going from there, I think could work. But yeah, I mean, he's... Look, I didn't see Joe Mazzulla this year and go, man, that's a great coach. No. No one said that. Absolutely not. You saw you saw a very inexperienced head coach. I also don't love any of his post-game press conferences. <laughs> I find him just to be a little weird, if I'm being honest. Uh, that, that maybe that's just his personality. And, and, he, and again, he's learning the dynamics of the, you know, talking to the media. Not that that's really important, but sometimes, you know. Things he would say wouldn't instill a lot of confidence yeah, I, I in, in me, I and agree. I'm not even a Celtics fan. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I think he's going to be there, though. Do you want really your fourth coach in four seasons? That's another big question. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Did you find the hair that yeah, was there? There was a hair hanging out here. Jesus. I think it was one of Tass's. It looked okay. beautiful and thick. <laughs> All right, next question. Oh, uh, Real quick, oh. um, Graydon texted me over the weekend. He yeah. pitched me a podcast. What if we watched the town four times a week for a month and did a podcast at the end of every week? Holy. The Joe Missoula plan. <laughs> wow. Town talk, we'll call it. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. <laughs> I think I would go insane, man. Oh, you would go insane. That's How funny. How you watch the same movie four times in one week? Any movie. I don't know. That's tough. Well, that's like a perfect example. What's he talking about? What do you mean? He's not doing that. Unless, like, he's doing, like, he's, he's prepping for his opponent and he just puts it on. Background. It's just background, background and it's music. just on a loop. Yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> I could maybe believe it then, but he's not sitting there watching it. And, like, the movie's fine. It's not that good. No like, movie's good enough to watch four times a week. Well, Rad's pretty good. We could watch that. Four uh, times Rad's probably shorter. Send me an angel. Like, yeah, it is. It what, is. What's this guy getting for two hours a day, every other day, to watch a movie? <laughs> good point. Good point. All right, I like that idea, though, yeah, Great. It's something there for some summer content uh, here at No Dunks. All right, the next question. Uh, I could have led with it, if I'm being honest. Does Jalen Brown get the Supermax? And, you know, the, the, the secondary question to that is, do the Celtics stick with the Jays? Or do you, what KOC says, yes, split them up? Do you still run this back with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? And, and a part of that equation is obviously Supermax for him, $295 million. Oof. It's going to be expensive. <laughs> These yeah. Celtics are getting quite expensive, especially with this new CBA hitting. Yeah. Uh, it sounds scary. Every time somebody starts talking about this new CBA in the second apron, man, you better stay out of the kitchen. Right? second apron Ooh, comes a nice call pickleball reference there. <laughs> and just to make that clear for anyone that doesn't know, yeah, this new CBA, it's in all likelihood going to make roster construction very difficult. Yes. Um, and the Celtics could experience this firsthand as they try and figure out how to build around, if they run it back here, which I think they will, a Tatum and Brown core, because those two contracts would make up 70% That's their team. of their cap. 
and then force them to make all these difficult decisions of how to spend available money without exceeding that second apron. Because once you get over that, you're losing your ability to use the mid-level exception. You're complicating the path for any one-on-one trade or one-for-one trade. Uh, it has to be for a player of lesser salary. Like it's just like it's a lot more difficult. So yes, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Uh, but I still think yeah, I still think uh, Jalen Brown gets the super max even after having a game where he had eight field goals made and eight turnovers uh, in a game seven. Because the question for me, how would the Celtics possibly get better if Jalen Brown leaves? Right. They would have to take a step back for at least the next season. Some of the trades you see bandied about, Portland is a pretty interesting one, but it's like if they get Amphrey Simons and draft picks back, they are not better. They're not even close to as good. What about Damian Lillard? That's interesting. If Dame said, I want out of Portland. Exactly. It really accelerates the timetable. It shortens your window, I think, because, I mean, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they're still super young, and they basically guarantee you a conference finals appearance at this point. They go every single year. They made the finals once. They were a... a game away from making the finals this year. You just want to throw that away because it looks bad every single playoffs for parts of it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so to me, I think it's going to be pretty touchy negotiation wise because apparently Jalen Brown did not like being in the Kevin Durant trade talks last year. So you better come correct. If you're going to go for it, don't lowball him because I think he's going to want his entire contract, mm-hmm. uh, which he should. So I do think the Celtics should bring him back because it's better to have good two good players that you know are good that work together. They maybe have not been the top two guys in the NBA. They haven't been the top duo, but they've been one of the best duos, oh, and yeah. they can still get better. And that, that is the key to me. Tatum has to be a better playmaker. Brown has to learn how to dribble. And then the Celtics take yet another step right, forward. Right, right. And they're still young enough that they should be totally. able to add that to their game. They have been, and I'm not the first to point this out, Tatum and Brown, they have been like victims of their own success, no doubt. Like early success. Brown has made the conference finals in five of his first seven seasons as a pro. Tatum, four of his first six, because mm-hmm. he comes in a year later. Like, that is, that's incredible. Like, that means you are, like, in the running in almost every year you've had these guys together for a chance to win a title. They haven't. They've come up short. But, man, I'd rather be in, in that scenario than, <laughs> you know, a middle-of-the-pack team, a team fighting to get in. You know, maybe you win a playoff series or two. I mean, they're there. They're knocking on the door. They're both really good. Um, the Dame one is interesting if that was a real possibility. It sounded like you would consider that one if it was upgrading Jalen Brown with Damian Lillard for the chance to win a title right now. What about Bradley Beal? If there was anything there where it's a Jalen Brown going out and a Bradley uh, Beal. You got the two St. Louis bros. I don't think that's an upgrade. No, yeah. no okay, okay. Side move at, oh. at best. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you think, uh, you think in the end it sounds like they're going to offer him Basically the supermax, and he's going to be there. And then you you obviously build around the the around these two guys, which which is going to get difficult. Now Brown's big money extension wouldn't kick in until next summer, and then Tatum the summer after that. So there's a tiny little bit of a little window. window. Yeah, yeah. But that's what you think is going to happen here. Yeah, it just doesn't. It was a bummer ending, no doubt, for the Celtics the yeah. way the season ended, especially considering the comeback against Philadelphia. You're thinking we got Miami. We beat them last year. Obviously, it's a rivalry b- between the teams, but to get down 3-0, that was a bummer. And then to come all the way back and then losing Game 7 the way they lost, definitely a bummer and puts a little bit of a tarnish on Jalen Brown, makes it make you look a little bit sideways at bringing him back for one yeah. of the biggest contracts in the NBA. But still, like if you're one of the four teams left standing every single season, that means you got a chance to win. And you just need luck to go the right way for you. At yeah. one point. You've, you've been one of the... They were up 2-1 in the finals last year. You've been one of the final four teams standing almost every year, it feels like, with a new coach every year. 
That's right. And the, these two guys are the constants. Yeah. Uh, so I'm with you. I'm a big Jalen Brown fan. Obviously, yeah, the handle, it's got to get better. I, I've made this comparison a million times, but I remember when DeRozan had no handle. Uh, it feels very similar. There's actually some comparisons to a little bit Tatum Brown to the old Lowry DeRozan days. Now these two on the Celtics, they're a level up. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, than the DeRozan Lowry days, but... We saw what happened time and time again with them. You know, some regular season success, obviously faltering in the playoffs. Some of that was running into LeBron James, which the Celtics don't really have that excuse for uh, anymore, him being in a different conference. But the Raptors eventually did say, we're moving one of these guys because they saw the, the perfect scenario where it was like, we're actually upgrading the player, getting Kawhi Leonard, who sort of damaged goods in his situation in San Antonio. Could that happen here in Boston if it was like a Damian Lillard or something, like if it's if it's a player that's an upgrade to help your win window to win a championship right now or next season or the season after, then mm. then I think you do it. But there are like I mean I can think of Damian Lillard. You don't even think Beal would fall into that category. It's like then who? There's not many other names. I'll be honest with you. I don't even know if Damian Lillard is in that sure, category. Sure, sure. I'm okay. like Kawhi was a Finals MVP by the time he got to the Raptors. Kawhi was one of the five best players in the league. By the time he got to the Raptors, right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know who that guy is right now. Maybe if the Lakers decide to move on from Anthony Davis, fits the bill. Okay. Okay. Uh, final question here with the Celtics. I mean, what other moves need to be made in addition to figuring out Jalen Brown? Where Where do you think they could, you know, shore up this team, or what are something they need to focus on? The biggest. The whole rotation is a bit of a question mark to me because Grant Williams is going to be into restricted free agency. He was awesome for them in the playoffs. I thought like. He came back into being a key player for the Celtics, mm-hmm. being able to help their small ball lineups and guard up, guard down. But he didn't play very much yeah, during the Missoula too long. Yeah. Exactly. He was, he was more of an Ime Udoka favorite than yeah. uh, Joe Missoula favorite because Missoula over-indexes on offense. Al Horford is getting older. He had a really great regular season, second in the league in three-point shooting. There were still times I thought that he had big-time impact mm-hmm. in the playoffs, but you just never know as players get that old. And then Robert Williams, he's awesome for 20 minutes a game, 50 times a season. I don't think he's a super reliable guy. No. So that's question marks for all three of their big spots. I just don't know. I'm like, somebody could make a, an offer to Grant Williams that's too much for the Celtics to to bring him back because he's, as a guy who's in the, the players' union, it's kind of part of his job to go for as big of a contract as he can. So I think he should. What um, do you think he could warrant from another team? Like, is he going to be $20 million? Under? 18, <laughs> 17, 18? That, that seems a lot. 20 mil, 17 or 18, yeah, 15 to 18, okay, 15 something like that. But uh, I would like having him on my team. Like I just think he's a he's a I solid agree. player. Uh, he maybe gets in trouble with his mouth a little bit as he did with Donovan Mitchell and Jimmy Butler this season. Uh, but I, you would still rather have him back, especially since he's been around for quite a bit. He's just a good continuity guy as well. It just seems like the roster is a little weirdly balanced to me. They've mm-hmm. got three point guards in Derek White, Marcus Smart. And Malcolm yeah, Brogdon. I think, one of those, I think one of those guys yeah. is going to go. Yeah, I and uh, I see people are saying that it should be smart. Maybe it should be. I mean, I don't know. I, a playmaker would definitely help the Celtics. I think Smart is a good playmaker. He's just a little too risky, a little too high variance mm-hmm. uh, to be the guy. So, I don't know. One of those three could move on, I imagine, just because you don't need three of similar players. You wouldn't think it'll be Derek White, the no. way he played. Yep. Uh, I think that would be silly. Brogdon, I mean, injuries came into play. That's sort of always been his thing. He's set to make $22.5 million next season. He's got two years remaining on his deal. Smart makes $18.6 million next year. I could see why people think it would be Marcus Smart being the one that would be potentially moved. 
but that's a little weird because he feels like the identity of the Boston Celtics half the time. Um, but maybe that's the shakeup you'd have to do. I feel like one of those guys, though, probably Brogdon or Smart, is not there um, next season. And I think that I, I think that's right because they're sort of they do different things, uh, some better than others. Um, but there is some similarities like between the three of them. Like yeah. start running out of minutes for them. Um, so we'll see if that's what they do. But let's hear from you guys when it comes to the Boston Celtics and what they do in the offseason, especially the Jalen Brown um, Supermax or the idea of like, do you have a trade that actually makes sense where you, you're moving Jalen Brown if that's uh, your decision. Uh, in other news, Golden State's Bob Myers, two-time executive of the year, architect for four NBA championships with the Warriors. He's stepping down as the franchise's president and GM. Uh, As The Athletic previously reported, The Athletic was all over this story like a month ago saying, this is probably going to happen. Bob Myers is probably leaving. Uh, The Warriors and Myers had no substantial contract extension talks in the months leading up to Tuesday's decision uh, where Bob Myers and, uh, and the ownership there had a press conference. So the franchise was prepared for his departure. Um, what do you think this means for, for Golden State here moving forward? There's talks of maybe Mike Dunleavy Jr. taking over, um, but they have obviously questions with Draymond Green and then contracts coming up with Clay and all that. And what do you, you know, Jordan Poole, is he going to be staying there? Are you moving off him? What do you think this all means? Whoever takes over is going to have a lot to do uh, this summer, uh, no doubt about it. Um, The pool extension was done last year, but now it's a question mark if he sticks around. The Draymond is a huge piece of it. The Clay is a huge piece of it. But we know one guy from the dynasty is leaving, and that's Bob Myers. And that's, I don't know, it just makes the team feel a little unsettled to me because a lot of the, you don't, I don't remember at least a lot of dynasties where the head decision makers were changing halfway through. That's a good point. Right? Like... R.C. Buford and Greg Popovich, those were the guys for the Spurs the entire time. Jerry Krause was the guy for the Bulls the entire time. Bill Belichick was the guy for the Patriots the entire time. You don't see the people who are making the calls change up top and teams continue on winning. So I think that uh, definitely unsettled, but I think that the Warriors are going to come back together because there's a lot of reporting from Tim Kawakami, from Anthony Slater in these pieces basically saying... We're all still on board here. We want Draymond back. We want to figure out what that's going to be. Maybe Clay takes a little bit of a pay cut. But as long as Steph's around, they got a chance. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. If Steph's there, yeah. Golden State is still around, still a force to be reckoned with. But this does feel like the beginning of the end of an era, which is almost the Fast X tagline. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but it feels like the beginning of the end of an era when one of the first yeah. core pieces moves on to whatever the next thing is. Well, it's no secret that Myers was particularly close with Steph Curry. Yeah. So there is that part. Now, Steve Kerr has one year left on his contract. All indications remain that he plans to stick around and see that through its end, but he was very close with Bob Myers. Like, Bob Myers, like... Like there was, you know, there's some pretty explosive personalities, not just on the Warriors team, but I would say in the Warriors like ownership level. Oh yeah. And it feels like Bob Myers was always the one to sort of calm everyone down, get on the same page, put out some fires, keep this dynasty running. And now that he is gone, uh, that's a you know, those are big shoes to fill. Be it Mike yeah. Dunleavy Jr. or uh, Kirk Lacob or whoever steps into that role. And then there's the Draymond Green. Yeah, he's got player option. Does he want to go elsewhere? Does he want to stay? Clay has extension talks that's coming up, and you would have thought Bob Myers would play a huge role in that as a trusted negotiator. So, yeah, it, this is big. Like, usually, like, I think some people are like, who cares? It's a guy in a suit. 
But like these, uh, this is why all these these deals get made. They come together. You keep coaches happy. You keep front off or the ownership happy. Like it's it's someone like Bob Myers who's so well who's so trusted and liked, uh, not only there but across this league. It's big. Like I don't think this should. I agree. You know, I like agree. just be like glossed over. It's like oh, it's all right. They'll be fine. I I don't know because you see this happen in like you know companies where someone in control of a lot of people decides to leave for whatever reason or gets pushed out not that that happened in this case but leaves people start going okay all right are we okay like i really like that guy or woman like then somebody comes in and maybe there's butting ahead there's a change of plans directions it's like i don't want to be here either i miss that guy i miss my bob <laughs> so we'll see if it happens uh, totally so, man we'll i actually i knew this family the dad ran a huge conglomerate died on an airplane trying to fly across the seas. And it plunged his family and his company into complete chaos. It did it? Yeah. <laughs> Wild stuff, so you never know what's going to happen oh, Jesus, with man. these warriors. Jesus. Yeah. Well, live every moment. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's... One thing I did notice, though, uh, one a lot of talk about Mike Dunleavy Jr. Yeah. being the takeover guy. So my first question, of course, is he going to be the tallest GM in the league? Well, how tall was Bob Myers? I think Bob Myers was listed at 6'7". Oh, okay. Mike Dunleavy listed at 6'9". Oh, wow. There are two taller. GMs out there. Calvin Booth? <laughs> Number one, six foot what eleven. Pull that was that sickle shit right <laughs> that there. That was honestly impressive. I don't know if I can get the other one. Uh, the other one, no surprise, a former player. <laughs> yeah. Alonzo Morning? Uh, no, it doesn't count. No, no, I don't think he's technically no. their GM. That's a good one. He's uh, about the same height as Alonzo Oh, man. Uh, Eastern Conference GM. Eastern Conference GM. Made a big trade. Made a big trade during the season. During the season. This oh, year. um, the biggest trade. The Kevin Durant trade. The Kevin Durant trade. Oh, Sean Marks. Sean Marks, six foot ten. Uh, yeah. Sneaky tall guy. Sneaky tall guy, yeah. yeah, yeah. Damn. Man, I can't believe I got Booth over that Marks. That was impressive, man. <laughs> I had to Google list of NBA GMs and then individually check all of the former players' heights. No offense you put to Tim some Connolly. In. I didn't check Tim Connolly's height. Who's the shortest? Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, you all don't right, let me, let me, let me... Speculate. No, no, you don't gotta do that. You gotta do that. Kobe Altman. Okay, there you go. Is he? he? I don't know. (laughs) I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know traveling part for example i want to go to lisbon let's say i just snap my fingers i'm there no driving to the airport no flight delays 
no fools at security who still don't know that yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mac Weldon though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak Polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, Tweet of the Night. Pretty, pretty easy one. It was going all over Twitter last night, and as I saw this morning, 33,000 likes. It's from Josh Hart, who asks, Have y'all ever tasted y'all significant other's breast milk? Asking for a friend. He's asking for himself, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> What's going on here? I think he's got a, a young babe. Right. But a month old. That just happened, yeah, during the postseason. Yep, 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 yep. So he tried it. He tried it or, or he's maybe thinking he was about asked it. to try it. Right, right, right. So did you try? Of course. Right. I've been curious of what breast milk tastes like since a Friends episode in 1995. They did a whole episode about this 30 years ago. <laughs> I thought you were going to say since uh, Robin from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> but nice even honestly, deeper pull there. I was <laughs> honestly curious the second I was born. I was like, what does that taste like? Well, then I, then I stepped away for 30-something years, <laughs> right. and then I came roaring back. <laughs> and? Tastes like milk, Skeets. Oh, okay. Very similar to milk. <laughs> Turns out it's yeah, yeah. called that for a reason. I don't think it's gross to drink uh, your significant other's breast milk. What were what were the reactions to this? I mean, I didn't do a... You're crazy, Josh. Oh, uh, okay. I did. I saw Jalen Brunson, I think. Uh, did he say... I saw... Like, having some fun at I his I saw expense, that uh, like... De'Aaron Fox said, of course you're asking this one month in. <laughs> Something like that. We're on to you. Spike Gessian said, is your friend a baby? I did I did see that. <laughs> I laughed at that. That's I laughed good. at that. Uh, JD, what about you? Did you ever uh, try um, Rachel's breast milk? Hey, Rachel, come on in here. <laughs> Bring uh, a couple cups while you're at it. <laughs> oh, man, if she was lactating now, that would be bad news. Um <laughs> Hell no. Absolutely not. No. No. Oh, I'm not a bodily fluids person. I think I've mentioned before, yeah. I, if I cut my finger, I'm not even putting that in my mouth. Like, oh, really? I, yeah. No, like, that's the first thing I do. 
I know it's the first thing most people do, yeah. but um, yeah, no, I have n- zero curiosity. In fact, <laughs> I'm mildly grossed out about it. So, how do you just, feel about milk in general from the cow? Milk, I'm fine with, <laughs> I guess. I mean, I enjoy a latte, you okay. know, but I'm not whipping up a latte with my wife's breast milk. Fair. It seems like a seems like a waste, to be honest. <laughs> like it was kind of hard to get that milk going. Right. Yeah. Save it for, in the, save it for the baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he felt selfish. Well, Lincoln was early, so we had to sort of like help that along, like getting uh, the, okay. the milk out. And breastfeeding is no joke. It's not yep. not an easy thing. And then Jackson was a goddamn glutton when it came oh, to yeah? the milk. Yeah, oh, yeah. Guzzler. Just a guzzler. Mm. So I was, even if I wanted to try it, I probably... There was nothing left. There was nothing left. Uh, okay. How, I mean, are you getting it straight from the teat, I guess is the question, or... Are you putting it in a bottle, like checking the temperature, and then and then taking a swig out of a bottle? I mean, I I did a, I licked my arm. Okay, Chandler uh. Bing style. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you got all that hair in your mouth. <laughs> licking your arm. Uh, all right, just as much it. hair from the teat in some yeah, cases. True, so you never true. know. True. You never know. Uh, what a tweet. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> teat of the night. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say it. <laughs> what a tweet. What a teat. Josh Hart, good stuff. All right, that's it for us here today, guys. But there is a new No Bunts pod up on the Athletic Baseball Show feed. Before Tass took off to Denver, him and Joel jumped on to discuss Pete Alonzo crushing dingers. I guess he's on his way to 60 home runs. Uh, an umpire caught on a hot mic and Mike Trout's fascinating and, you know, complex career and how people feel about Mike Trout as a baseball player. So the guys talked about that and a whole lot more. That link is in the show notes. So go check out No Bunts. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for some fun some craziness I'm sure maybe we'll hit the beach get your questions in yeah get your questions in tweet Otherwise, us we just gotta preview the finals again we'll just do it back we'll just <laughs> run this back got any other X Factors uh, Zeke Nagy. just watch the town four times we tonight. could watch the town <laughs> and talk about it uh, at no dunks inc inc on the end if you want to uh, tweet in some questions yeah we'll probably hit the beach and yeah, maybe have some fun we could, uh, we could take a look at the odds in the finals First Maybe basket. place some bets. Yeah, first basket, yeah. Uh, you know, finals MVP and stuff like that. How many games? Anyway, we'll do something uh, more when it comes to the NBA Finals. And then tomorrow night, we probably will be doing a watch party for game one of the NBA Finals on playback. We'll share that link once that's up. I'll do that later today. But thanks for joining us here live. Hit that like button, subscribe. If you're a podcast listener, leave your boys a five-star rating and review. Until tomorrow, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, L&L Limos is a scam. <laughs> you watch the whole thing? Oh, yeah. no, let's just talk three about minutes. I Think You Should Leave Season 3 tomorrow. That's I'll a watch bit. it four times tonight. <laughs> so will I. Brace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10 
$10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.